The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The most important thing about your business could be how your products are packaged. Packaging is the signature that you leave everywhere, and it speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. This is Ditch the Box with David Marinak. In today's show, we'll talk about marketing, increased sales, and how it relates to product packaging. Have you explored alternatives like flexible packaging? You should. It can save your company a bundle. Now, here is David Marinak. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Ditch the Box. I'm your host, David Marinak. Joining us today is Stephanie Huang with Sealer Sales in Los Angeles, California. Stephanie is marketing coordinator at Sealer Sales, and they've been instrumental in helping our clients find the best heat sealers for our stand-up pouches and other types of flexible retail packaging. Stephanie is a proud graduate of the University of Pennsylvania and the Wharton School of Business. After graduation, she was in investment banking. She was in investment banking and equity research for Solomon Smith Barney and Merrill Lynch. And now she's our go-to expert, along with Linda, I should say, at Sealer Sales um, for industrial packaging machinery experts and heat sealer distributors. Stephanie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I know we talked a little bit about this um, from time to time, and I'm so glad we were able to kind of get our schedules together and make this thing happen. So let's let's give it a crack and see how we can help people with the uh, the heat sealing and heat sealers per se, pertaining to uh, stand-up pouches. Sounds good. So, Stephanie, as you know, our little world of flexible retail packaging, like I was mentioning, the stand-up pouches and barrier bags, mm-hmm. et cetera, they need to be sealed. Um, closed shut for some of those people that don't understand to protect the contents from moisture, vapor, et cetera. And I know you deal with different types of sealers, but we're going to deal with mainly what's used for flexible retail packaging. So tell us, what are some of the common questions you and your team would ask when somebody's coming to you when it comes to, well, how do I you know, seal a stand-up pouch or how do I seal a bag? What are those kind of very entry-level questions that people would ask you guys? So there are four, four main questions that we always ask a customer to help us determine what sealer to recommend to them. Uh, the first mm-hmm. question is, uh, what type of volume your customer is looking to seal? Number right. two, the thickness of your material and the material composition. Uh, number three, the dimensions of the bag. So the bag opening, which we call the width of the bag and right. the bag height. And then the weight of the bag when filled with your customer's product. And this is really only important if your customer is looking at a band sealer, but we just ask that just in case. And I can sure. walk through the four different questions in a little bit more detail. Um, yeah, go ahead. First, sure. Okay. First, we like to get an idea of the customer's volume. So this really helps us narrow down the different choices we can offer your customer since we carry over 175 different sealers. So, for example, like if your customer is looking to seal with just one operator, are they looking to seal 1,000 bags per month, 1,000 bags per day, or 1,000 bags per hour? So our most that's a great point. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) because it makes a big difference. Keep going. Yeah, it sure does. Our most basic sealer is our hand sealer. 
And that's completely appropriate for someone sealing, say, like a thousand bags per month. But if you're sealing a thousand bags per hour, that hand sealer is not going to work. Um, and your hand isn't going to work after that either. Yeah, your hand's going to get mighty tired. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. So that's really important for us to sort of get a starting point as to what type of sealer we should even recommend to your customer. Um, okay. Number two, we ask the thickness and the material composition of your customer's bag. Um, since we've been working with your customers for some time, we usually have a good idea of the material composition and the thickness of the stand-up pouches you carry. So for stand-up right. pouches, usually um, I guess it's 4 to 5 mil. Uh, material right. is like a PET, LLDPE, or a PET with yep. a foil laminate. So um, right. it's not... It's not as difficult to figure out, um, you know, the type of sealer to recommend for that. The only time that gets a little bit trickier is with coffee bags. Um, Coffee bags have side gussets. So rather than sealing through two layers, you're actually sealing through four layers. So a standard hand impulse sealer is not going to seal through a coffee bag. Interesting. Okay, good. So the third item we like to ask is the dimension of your customer's bag, both the width and the height. Uh, The width of the bag is the opening of your customer's bag. So this is important because that's the area that the sealer is going to be sealing. So for example, if your customer has a stand-up pouch that's six by nine, uh, we would then determine that the width is six inches and we would need to recommend a sealer that would be able to seal six inches. Right. And, and then, there's, is there a is there a bunch of different? Um, and I don't mean to interrupt you there for a second, but there, there's there's different widths, if you will, um, of those those sealer bars. That's why you need the dimensions. Is that correct? Right, right. So, for example, if you're, we have in our standard hand sealers, we have widths of eight inch, uh, twelve inch, sixteen inch, and twenty inches. So if your customer, say, has a width of 12 inches, we would make sure we didn't recommend the hand sealer with a width of 8 inches because then they're not going to be it. able to seal across the bag. And if right. your customer has like a 8-inch um, bag, or so, I guess if they have a 6-inch bag, we wouldn't want to recommend a 12-inch, bag, a 12-inch sealer. We'd want to recommend an 8-inch sealer just so that it's not overkill for them. Um, Usually when you step up in width, there is a little bit of a price increase, so we just want to make sure that we're recommending the appropriate sealer for for the customer's bag. Yeah, it's well put. Yep, exactly. So for, and then the fourth point we like to find out is the height of the bag and the weight of the bag when your customer's product is in the bag. Um, This is mostly if your customer is expressing an interest in a band sealer. Um, For our band sealers, there are going to be height requirements, both minimum and maximum, and as well as weight requirements. So most of the standard stand-up pouches you sell do meet these requirements, so you may only run into an issue if um, you're selling a custom bag to your customer. So, um, And the idea is we just want to ask these questions so that we provide your customer with the appropriate sealing machine for the bags that they're sealing. And that's a good point. I'm just going to add to that, too, and, and, a, and a, for a few different reasons. Number one, we're going to be blogging uh, with some pictures and some different things pertaining to your sealers and, and a band sealer versus a, uh, another type of sealer, whatever it may be, along with some 
different types and pictures of seals. Uh, but the, the key thing with this is that, and you're, you're spot on with this, Stephanie, is a lot of times people have no clue where to even start with something like this. And when it comes to that band sealer, it depends on the height, really. I mean, I know the width, but it really, or right. the weight, I should say, but it really depends on the height of that bag itself as it runs through that machine. And and so often people have no clue. So we're going to follow this interview up along with some pictures and some other videos that you provided because um, I think it just makes it so much easier when somebody sees the pictures and goes, oh, that's what a band sounds yeah. is. Or, oh, I, you know, because a lot of times people just don't even understand. And, you know, and that and that five mil material versus seven mil material, and you were, again, another great point with coffee because of the folds in those bags is you really need to have in that seal bar, um, and I'll let you kind of get into your, your thing, but that seal bar to us, as we try to explain it, it's, it's like teeth. It's like a jaw. It's, and, and it's got to clamp down and, and basically melt that film um, and really heat it to melt it, it, melt it together. And, you know, obviously, like you mentioned before, if you overkill it or you get more than what you need, you're paying more than what you should. And, yeah. you know, again, conversely or on top of that, if you have too much heat um, for too thin of a bag or um, not enough heat for too thick of a bag, whatever it may be, there's that fine line. And you've got to make right. sure that ultimately the package is sealed completely because otherwise it's SOL, whether you're packaging protein powder or dog treats. If that bag isn't sealed properly and air is getting in there, which is, right. you know, again, that just makes the bag spoil. So it's all good points, and I'm really glad you shared that. Yeah, and I think having those pictures there will really help your customer base visualize what the sealers look like. So I think that's a great idea. A lot of times when people come um, to us, and I know ultimately we speak a lot of synonymously between, because you know, a lot of times we're just saying, hey, sealer sales or, or us, either way we're going to help the client. Right. A lot of times people don't don't know, um, you know what's involved with this, for example, um, and you'd mentioned this when you're dealing with a hand sealer, and, and, I, and I think we, we kind of touched on it with the volume that people use mm-hmm. um, to package or how much volume they're, they're packaging. My point with this is that I don't think until you've really gone out there and sealed 50 or 100 bags by hand, you realize um, that's a, that gets work. That becomes, you know, your hand's going to fall off after a while. You need something that's got, um, you know, some, some strength. You've got some, maybe a little speed, which leads into, at least with our clients it does in our pouches, the difference between a single and a double impulse sealer. Um, you know, a lot of times if somebody comes to us and they, they're only packaging, you know, a thousand bags a month, um, they can get away with a, a single and double uh, or a single impulse sealer. Um, but a lot of times when their volume goes up, the double makes their makes it much easier. Can you elaborate for our listeners the difference between a single and a double impulse sealer? Sure. Um, single impulse really just means you're sealing the bag using one heating element, which is at the base of the sealer. So, okay. you know... Uh, for everyday sealing, like stand-up pouches, um, we usually recommend a single impulse sealer. If you have a double impulse sealer, that just means that in addition to that element that's at the base of the sealer, in the upper jaw or the upper arm of the sealer, there's another heating element. So when the sealer is activated, both of those heating elements heat up and they fuse the material from both sides, 
Whereas a single impulse, you're only fusing the material on the bottom or that one side. So really for a double impulse sealer, we tend to recommend this um, if you're sealing really thick materials. So, for example, like a coffee bag. If a coffee bag is, say, 5 mil, but you're sealing through four layers, you're then sealing uh, 20 mil. So a double impulse then becomes basically mandatory because a single impulse sealer isn't going to seal this won't through. Do it. Yeah, it just can't get through that material. Um, for example, sometimes we seal uh, toothpaste tubes, we'll use a double impulse sealer. If we're sealing through vinyl sheeting, we'll use a double impulse sealer. A stand-up pouch, you can use a double impulse sealer if you would like, but I think a single normally can do the trick. Right. That's and, and and again, that's interesting. Especially, a lot of times we've just kind of jumped into, and I think that's a good thing that I just learned here. Because a lot of times we just say, "Oh, go by the the double impulse," just to be, you know, because um, it'll seal faster. But I think it, you're spot on. That it probably can seal faster because you're sealing through, you know, both the top and the bottom. Um, but I think a single can do the trick for for a stand up pouch if it's a five four five mil bag. Got it. Okay. And let's talk a little bit about the, the seal width. Um, and I know we'll have some pictures on our on our blog when we do this. But for right. an impulse sealer, what seal width do you recommend for a stand-up pouch? Okay. For a stand-up pouch, um, or I'm sorry, for a standard hand impulse sealer that you just buy, most of the standard widths are going to be 2 millimeters or about 1 16th of an inch. And um, we have widths ranging from 2 millimeters to 15 millimeters. So usually the wider the seal, the better heat penetration you're going to get. So thicker bags are going to require wider seals. Uh, For a stand-up pouch, it's sort of in the middle. Um, Usually for a stand-up pouch, we like to recommend an impulse sealer with a 5 millimeter seal as a starting point. Um, A 2 millimeter seal, um, and a 2 millimeter seal can work, um, but what ends up happening is it ends up forcing the sealer to work a little bit harder than it's meant to do. And so what right. ends up happening is you're going to go through the consumable parts very quickly um, or you're going to just um, you're just going to go through a lot of parts. You're just going to uh, – some of the other parts like the timer will wear out a lot quicker. So just for the purpose of longevity of using a of a sealer, we always recommend a 5-millimeter sealer. Plus, we think a 5-millimeter seal gives you a more professional look. A 2-millimeter is a really thin seal. So when you seal on the packaging, 5-millimeter tends to look nicer. I agree with you 100% on that, too, is is the the 2-millimeter, and you're really kind of running, and you kind of hit the nail on the head because the wider the area that you seal, the better ultimately that seal is going to be. You run Correct. the risk as you get with that two millimeter and go with a really, really, you know, thin um, yeah. seal. And you know, again, you're you're really kind of up against it um, with um, with possibly having you know damage or air getting into your product, which ultimately damages your product. Tell us a little okay. bit about the mesh, the meshed seal, and the okay. serrated seal. Tell us a little bit about those two. That's a different different way of sealing. And again, yeah. we'll show some pictures of those on the blog. So there, there are two main types of sealers that um, that we sell. 
Well, the first one is the impulse sealer, which we've talked a little bit about already. Right. And then there's the direct heat sealer. So the direct heat sealer, um, the way you describe it is it, mean, it has two jaws and it maintains constant heat in both of those jaws. So when you turn on the sealer, you can specify a temperature that you want those jaws to reach. And it stays on as long as you leave that machine on. So it usually, it possesses better heat penetration and can seal through thicker materials. Um, They also tend to have thicker widths. So usually it starts out in 8 millimeters for a band sealer or 15 millimeters with a direct heat sealer, a foot-operated one. And the two different seal widths, types that you were talking about is is the meshed and the serrated. So the meshed one sort of looks like a waffle pattern, like little squares. And the uh, serrated seal uh, is evenly spaced horizontal lines, and it sort of looks like a potato chip bag. So for a stand-up pouch, um, both an impulse and direct heat sealers will work well for your customer. Um, Both of them will seal through your bag. It just depends on the type of seal that your customer is looking for. Um, One thing to keep in mind, though, with a direct heat sealer is I think all your stand-up pouches, do they have tear notches? Yes. Okay. So something to keep in mind, I think, for your customer is the area above the tear notch because you're going to be sealing the area above the tear notch so right. if your customer's thinking about a direct heat sealer, either an 8-millimeter seal or a 15-millimeter seal, um, your customer's going to want to measure the area above the tear notch and make sure that there's enough space for that either 8-millimeter seal or a 15-millimeter seal. I think for your standard probably 8-ounce bag, it's not a problem, but say your customer's looking at a 2-ounce bag, that could sure. prove um, problematic because if you end up sealing below the tear notch, you really just defeat the purpose of the tear notch because when you tear the tear notch, the bag's still going to be sealed. So that's Very the only thing you would want to keep in mind for a direct heat sealer. Shouldn't be an exactly. issue with an impulse sealer, though. Do you recommend one over the other? And I know you kind of went off on you know you have a little, some answers for both, but do you do you particularly, Stephanie, do you prefer one over the other, or is it just personal preference? Um, it depends. Um, on what your customer is looking for. I think the wider seal looks nicer. You know, whenever I'm walking up and down the aisles and there's these beautiful stand-up pouches and they're custom printed and and then there's like a two-millimeter seal width on the bag, I'm like, oh, you just spent all this money. I know, you you just ruined it. (laughs) (laughs) You made this beautiful bag. It's beautiful printing. And then there's this really thin seal with an impulse seal and you're like, oh, and, you know, what's really important for an impulse sealer is um, it's really important to put in a congeal step for an impulse sealer. And what that really means is there's a timer setting on an impulse sealer, right? So that timer light goes on when there's heat being transmitted, and then it turns off um, when, there's, when it's time to lift up the sealer arm. However, um, it's really important to leave that arm down for an additional couple of seconds after the light goes off. Um, And why that's important is because you need to allow that seal to cool under pressure. 
And that really mostly applies to impulse sealers. And if you don't allow that seal to cool, what you're going to get is an ugly seal. It's not going to be a smooth seal. It might, might be bunched. It might not even be a strong seal. And so what happens is if you're walking down up and down the grocery aisles and I see these beautiful bags, and I'm like, oh, they used an impulse sealer, and then they also right. didn't congeal the seal, it just seems so wasteful of a beautiful bag. <laughs> you know, and you're not alone in this, too. All of us um, here and anybody that's really, I believe, in the flexible uh, retail packaging business, kind of we were junkies for looking at good packaging, even if we didn't do it. I mean, we look at these yeah. this, the packaging, and then we look at the seals, and you're right on because you could ruin that look. And and we've tried to explain to a lot of our clients, you know, that first impression, you only get one chance. And if they, if a client picks up your bag and the seal looks like it's, it's kind of, you know, been chintzy or not right. done properly. And, um, you know, again, you run that risk of that client putting that bag down going, no, nah, I don't think the product inside is going to be good. So there's a lot more to it that people realize. And, um, and we do the same here too, Stephanie, we go up and down the aisles and I just love <laughs> to see when somebody's done it right. Not just, right. The, not just, the bag itself, but the seal. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's very, very interesting. Because it, it makes a so difference. I know, it adds yeah. the look. You're exactly right, and that, and that appearance, especially when you've got, I think somebody gave us a term that two or three seconds to really get somebody's attention um, right. as they're looking, you know, walking down an aisle, and again, that could make or break you. You know, if somebody yeah. looks at that, I think there is a definite, very high polished look when it's done properly, and I, I you know. To me, I just I, I think it's that makes a huge difference. Yeah, I agree. Now I know you work with a lot of small. You work with both small and large clients, but mm-hmm. do you deal more with the the mom and pops, or are you dealing more in the larger end, more expensive band sealers, automatic equipment, that kind of stuff? I, I, or is that a time of year, or is it just kind of fifty fifty, so to speak? Well, I guess we work primarily with distributors. So I would say 99% of our sales are with distributors, and then our distributors would work with either the larger companies or the mom and pops. And since our our distributors are fairly diverse, um, and some do work with the mom and pops just starting up, and then some do work with the established businesses, I don't think there is a lean towards um, one or the other. Um, We found that some of our distributors that have had customers that were mom and pops say 20 years ago, have grown over right. the years. And so as they've grown and they've needed new and different types of machines, heat sealers, we've been able to provide them each step of the way. So yeah. our goal really is to grow with you guys, with your customer base. So if you have a customer that is just starting out then and can't afford a band sealer and needs a hand sealer, that's something that we can help you, your customer with. Um, you know, as they grow and they need something that's a little bit more efficient, uh, we can help them with that too. You know, and again, that's another shameless plug for for sealer sales, and I mean this in all respect, because you guys have always been very, very focused on not just us, but on our client, and that's just been a huge um, thing for us to be able to know that you you really are looking not just help to help us you're looking to really help the client and get in the right um the right type of sealer um, make sure their product is protected it's so props to you guys you've just been so easy to work with and oh, it leads you. me to my next question the um the, the i guess you could say that i don't say the shelf life because that's the wrong way to put it but what's the right. life of a of a heat sealer is it a year is it 10 years is it you know what what would you what would you kind of estimate that to be for an impulse sealer um 
you know, as long as you're maintaining the sealer and you're changing out the parts on a regular basis, um, you it's it's a metal it's it's a metal construction uh, unit. So you really shouldn't have to change out and get a new sealer that often. Um, what you are going to have to do, however, is change out the consumable parts when it calls for it. And I think, you know, a lot of folks will think, oh, my sealer's broken, and then when we give them a call to kind of go through their issue, it just turns out uh, their heating element is broken. Um, And the heating element will break. Um, I can guarantee that now. It is going to break after using it. It's, um, It's something that, you know, is a wear and tear item. Um, the heating element basically um, it heats up and it expands and contracts as it's heating and cooling down. So all right. that expansion and contraction will cause that heating element to break. Um, so as long as you're changing out those parts, you really should not find the need to buy another sealer unless you are finding that the sealer is too slow for you and you need to move up right. in the scale of sealers or you want to get additional operators, and you need additional sealers to sort of um, to sort of get your production up. Yeah, and keep keep pushing it through. That's, yeah. that's, that's, actually, that's, that's the best of the, get that's that production the best scenario out. there too. Right. Exactly. Now, as far as um, extra parts and all those kind of things, um, it, it's always been very easy to get those uh, parts and additional parts. It's not hard to change these mm-hmm. things out, even for a knucklehead no. like me, to change that heating element. You guys have made it pretty easy to just kind of swap out these parts. Is that correct? Right. Um, there, We sell kits to go with the sealers if your customer wants that, and we always recommend that. Um, and then online, we have videos on how to change out that heating element, and we have um, handouts that we give to you guys and to give to your customers when they need it on how to change out those parts as well. Um, you know, the, it's it's not just the heating element. There's also um, this thing called PTFE. It's an insulator that goes over the heating element and under the heating element. Those parts also need to get changed out from time to time because it's it's similar to Teflon, um, but it it will burn through after uh, oh so many uses. So those parts need to get changed out every so often too. Um, and as long as you're doing that, um, you should be fine. Great. Now, where do you see the industry going if you were looking out into your crystal ball, if you will? I mean, is this something that um, – I don't want to say things aren't being innovated. I mean, the, 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 the need for heat sealers in any way, shape, or form, whether it's impulse or direct heat or whatever it may be, um, that's pretty stable. Are you seeing any real radical changes in the industry? I mean, our industry isn't going to be like um, a, the computer industry where it, things change right. so quickly – um, but there has been some changes, and we've definitely seen over the few years, over the past few years, the trend towards the band sealer. Um, how a band sealer works is you're you're putting your bag uh, on the band sealer, and there's a conveyor that takes the bag through the sealing process, and then also the printing process. So it's possible to print a lot or an expiration code on the seal line. So um, you know there's a big trend towards the band sealer. And there's really, I think, probably two huge advantages um, of the band sealer over other equipment. Uh, number one, you're continuously feeding the band sealer 
So you can get a productivity rate much higher than a hand sealer. Much higher. Much, yep. much higher. And usually the bottleneck of a band sealer is going to be how fast the operator can feed the band sealer versus how fast the band sealer can seal. Um, you know, the band sealer just keeps on going. It's like the Energizer Bunny. <laughs> it, yeah, it right. Going. It never stops. Yeah. <laughs> until and, you turn uh, it off. Yeah, until you turn it off. That's right. And number two, the band sealer is going to be a lot easier on the operator. You know, we talked about if you're using this hand sealer um, for eight hours a day, you really have to bring the arm down to the base of the sealer for each seal. So if your operator is using that for eight hours a day, they're going to get pretty tired. Same thing with a sealer. They're going to have to use their foot to press down on that foot pedal um, for every single seal. So if your customer is in full production, both of these sealers and these repetitive motions are going to uh, they're going to get tiring very quickly. So in a band right. sealer, all the operator really needs to do is feed the bag. So it's less tiring for the operator and that way the operator can really keep the same production rate throughout the day. Cuz with a hand and a foot sealer, you know, at that eighth hour, that production rate's going to be a lot less than at that first hour. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and that's that's even a it's probably one of the uh, the biggest points here too is is planning for that growth is being prepared that if you do get that spike or that big order for I don't care whether it's a local retailer or Walmart you're going to have right. to be able to keep up with production and right. nothing does it better than that than that band sealer and right. um, and I and I believe and again it all it takes is a little um, you know some some thought. Um, to just kind of look ahead a little bit and go, you know what? Maybe we should stretch and get that get that band sealer because if we, you know, we get that spike, we're gonna we're gonna need to be able to pump these things out. Yeah, you'll be amazed if you're using a hand sealer right now and you get a band sealer, you'll be amazed at how much easier it is to use and how fast um, how fast that band sealer can seal your bags. And it's so now, and you'd mentioned about putting a, a date code or a timestamp mm-hmm. or something on there through the band sealer. And so many of our customers start out, like you mentioned before, mom and pops are just getting started. Right. And that date stamp is so critical. Um, and to be able to do that in a way that's, that's efficient, that's quick, um, that, you know, because it's so important um, between, I don't care whether the product is a, is, a, is a food or if it's a pet treat or whatever, mm-hmm. you need to be able to prove that you know when that product was made, when it was sealed, right. when it was packaged. Um, and that, that is just a critical piece that, that a lot of people don't even think about until afterwards. And we've seen this because yeah. you and I talked about this a long time ago. After they get it sealed and it's sitting there <laughs> going, well, how do we get that timestamp on there? Well, yeah. you know, as a, you know, it's... Again, it's a, it's a it's one of those things that people need to think about that uh, they rarely do until the last yeah. minute or when it's too I mean, late, you know. If they don't think about it and they already have a hand sealer, they can buy a, a manual and printer, but then it becomes a two-step right. process. Whereas if you That's use right. a band sealer and you purchase the band sealer with the drying coating option, one step, yep. easy, done, um, you know. And it looks, and it, again, it's that professional look. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not artwork per se, but it's that professional look that you've taken right. the time to go the extra step, and it just makes a huge makes a huge difference. And, and gives your product credibility, I, I think. It really it really does, and it gives your not just the product, but your company itself. And it just right. you know again, hand in hand with that, um, in this cutthroat industry of retail, 
goodness, you get that one chance. And, and if it, it gives you that credibility and it wins for you, you're, the, you're that much further ahead. And, and, man, unbelievable. A lot of good stuff today, Stephanie. Thank you so much for your help. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I, I could talk about this stuff with you for hours. I know I'm a <laughs> junkie with this packaging world, but this, is, this has always been uh, really, really cool. And, and having you on has been a thrill for me because you've been so instrumental um, in helping our little company grow. And um, I can't thank you enough because you and Linda and your staff have just been so cool to work with and easy to get along with. And, um, and again, for our folks um, that are just joining us, we're going to be, uh, we'll have a blog post that will go along with um, um, this, this podcast. We're going to have some more information on our website. Um, again, sealersales.com. Um, it's been Stephanie Huang, um, 818-718-8818 is the phone number. But uh, if you need anything, as always, contact your helpful professional at StandUpPouches.net. We'll be glad to help you any way we can. So, Stephanie, um, thank you very, very much. It's time for the wrap this up for the day, and I want to thank you for joining us. This has been a, been a real, real treat for me. Thank you very much. I had a lot of fun. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes, because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Box. We're live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join David Maranak for another great show next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.